Hey, folks. The Senate has officially kicked off its impeachment trial of President Donald J. Trump. Will all senators now stand or remain standing and raise their right hand? As both sides gear up for oral arguments on Wednesday, Democrats have denounced Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's rules for that trial, criticizing Republicans for giving a helping hand to the White House. In a statement, Democratic Senate Leader Chuck Schumer called the resolution nothing short of a national disgrace. Meanwhile, in a 110-page brief, the president's lawyers dismissed the validity of both articles of impeachment, making a widely rejected argument that the charges do not specifically violate any criminal law. As the proceedings unfold this week, many issues will arise that will determine whether this is a fair trial grounded in facts and laws and concern for this country, not just politics. As we do every week, Ann Milgram and I break it all down on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. If this were a real trial in a criminal court, again, I know it's not, but how long do you think this would take for the for the House managers to put on their case, and how long do you think the defense would go? Yeah, I, I think like a month. I mean, it's, you know, and how much of that time would be the government, to, and how much would be the defense? Well, I would say a month for the for the direct case. Yep, and the then, government, and then maybe yep. there would be no defense case. Because remember, if in a normal case, you don't have to call every. If you have access to all the witnesses, you don't have to call. Maybe maybe you call Bolton. And you don't need to call the three other people who corroborate Bolton. Maybe you call one of them. Yeah. Assuming you have access to everyone. I would call one or two because I think that's important. But, but you're it's just right. Interesting you might that not they have call so, five. They have yeah. so many lawyers. I'm not sure what they're there for. I think on the House side, on the House manager side, you, you have a small group. I think they have small staffs. Seven is a bit much also, but I think there are political reasons why you need to have a group. Do you know why I don't group. think it's that much? Because I think... There's two reasons. One is not all the members on the House side have been involved in the matter the whole time. And so there are a lot of facts to learn. There are a lot of witnesses. And my guess is that Schiff has divided it into parts and saying, you're going to be part of Article 1, you're going to be part of Article 2. Just And, and that may be wrong, but that there's going to have to be some organizing principle, particularly for folks who don't know the evidence as well as someone like he or Nadler does. The second piece is that the schedule that McConnell has put them on, and we'll talk about that in a second, McConnell is trying to, it's a, it's not a marathon, it's a sprint. Right. And so that, that's when it helps to have extra lawyers because you have different sets of eyes and you have people who are able to, you know, one person's talking, the other is taking notes. And so it, I don't think seven is maybe, a crazy maybe. number. I, maybe that's right. But I also think there are political reasons why you need to have a larger group. You just can't have like the two white men. But in a case of this nature, your team needs to be the type that everyone is well-versed in all the facts. And to yeah. understand how this part of the case works with respect to OMB, you have to understand what the call was about. And you also have to understand the campaign against Ambassador Yovanovitch. Like it all, yeah. it all fits together. And, and you have someone to know has to all. understand the constitutional arguments. Yeah. So, and, and meanwhile, I think, look, Adam Schiff is running the show. Adam Schiff will have the main speaking parts, I presume. He will assign some things. to. Other. It's sort of like when you have a trial of more people, your junior person, you give them a speaking role, you give them the expert yes. witness, you give them something so that they can come along as well, not to denigrate anyone on the House. But Adam Schiff, more than any other member there, has lived and breathed the facts and has actually been the one putting questions to these people. It's a very different thing. If you're the one who went to the grand jury and investigated the case, I mean, this happens all the time, right? You have a lawyer who investigates the case, and sometimes it's maybe one or two prosecutors, and then you go to trial in the case and you add a couple of trial guns. Yeah. 
they just don't know the case as well as the people. Yeah, look, I've done this, and right? and the bottom line is, you read every every shred of evidence, you read every document, you read every grand jury, you probably meet with a number of witnesses before trial, but you're still not in the initial conversations that could have gone on with witnesses for two weeks. You're not going to know everything that the lead lawyers know. Right. So so now let's talk about what you just mentioned, Mitch McConnell's resolution, yes, which sets the sort of the timing and some of the rules for how this will unfold. That was released yesterday, yeah, Monday, and will be voted on maybe by the time people listen to this, maybe without amendment, maybe with amendment. It seems like he has the votes to get this thing through. A couple of questions I have for you, and then we'll go over what it says. Do you see how large a role is being given to Chief Justice Roberts in this, <laughs> in this resolution? I read like it twice. Zero? I, yeah. The, the, um, as little as they possibly can. Before we get to what the particulars are, yeah. you read it. It's pretty short, like three and a half pages. Yeah, four pages. It yeah. is all about what the Senate decides, what the Senate does, how the Senate votes, how they decide you said about this evidence and everything else. There yeah. is no, not even a perfunctory mention. None. Yep. of Justice Roberts anywhere in this resolution. was that, that was striking to me. I think it was intentional also. And I wonder if they have inside information from the court or people who are close to the court who are saying exactly what you said last week, which is Justice Roberts isn't going to want to make a ruling that the Senate then overrules and he's not going to want to be out there. And so he's going to push things to the Senate. And obviously the Senate Republicans are in the majority to McConnell to sort of work through. McConnell's saying here, basically, that's exactly what he wants to happen. And so, you know, there is a huge difference, and we should talk about this. McConnell had said, well, we're going to run the trial like they ran the Clinton impeachment. That's actually not true when you read the resolution in in countless ways that are very important. I mean, we'll just do a couple of quick examples. One is the timing, how long the folks will have to present the initial case. In Clinton, it was each side had three days to present evidence here. The sides will have 24 hours split over two days. So 12 hours one day, 12 hours the next. That's really fast. Another way in which it's different is that in the Clinton matter, the Senate took the full record from the investigation. And here, what McConnell has said is, yeah, every senator can have a copy of it, but that record is not coming into evidence. And so you're essentially having a trial with zero evidence that has been admitted. That is really striking. There's another piece, which is that instead of doing what they did in Clinton, which is they had the initial arguments and such, and then they raised this question of whether or not they would allow for witnesses. Here, what McConnell has done is said, we're going to have the initial arguments, these sort of each side gets 24 hours split over two days each. So that's four days. Then we'll have questions that can be asked and answered. And so each side will ask questions of one another. Then we'll do this uh, debate for four hours, I believe, over whether or not there should be witnesses and documents. And they're going to have one large super vote on that, not on individual documents or, for example, not a resolution about getting access to the State Department documents or getting John Bolton to testify. It will be a package deal, which I think is intentional by McConnell to strategically try to protect individual members. And we can talk about why that is. If that succeeds, they would then go on to talk about who the individual people are that they want to have as witnesses. Then they would depose them, which is what you do in civil cases, not in criminal cases. And after they depose them, the Senate would again vote to decide whether or not to have them testify completely different from Clinton on witnesses and documents done in a way that I think guarantees or at least tries to guarantee that John Bolton will not testify. And we can talk a little bit further about that. But they're really, really significant differences of how this resolution is done from the Clinton resolution. Um, And again, I sort of agree with you. I don't think McConnell would put it up unless he had the votes. He's a power player. This is all the senators can change their minds and depending on what on how it unfolds. The four senators should change their minds because this is it is a mockery of a Senate trial. 
Um, in my view, I don't know how. What was your reaction yeah, to the look, resolution? My reaction to the to the resolution is one of no surprise that the way this is being run is based on what power Mitch McConnell thinks he has. In some ways, it superficially looks like it tracks the Clinton impeachment. But I'll say again, to be consistent, that's one precedent in the last 152 years. And I'm not, you know, if we're back here again in a few years, that everything has to be done the exact same way that was done before. I think what's most important is that the process be fair and be seen to be fair uh, and open-minded. Do you think and this I think is this fair? Is, this is not that. But, yeah. but this idea, I mean, I, I'm just a little reluctant to take the position because I don't want to be contradicted in the future, that just because the Clinton impeachment was done a particular way, that one time in 152 years, that everything needs to be done the same way, as if that particular group of senators was perfect in some way. I don't think so. I totally agree with that. I think the issue here is more that McConnell came out and said, this is going to be like the Clinton impeachment. And then you look at the resolution, and it is nothing like the Clinton impeachment. You're right. Superficially, there are a couple pieces that seem to track. And I promise you, he sold those four senators as a, this was done before, yeah, and, and it a face saving, It's a face-saving yeah. thing for them. Can I make one comment about, and maybe this is, a, this is a contrarian position also. So there has been a lot of complaining on television about how little time each side has to make its, I guess, opening, people keep calling it opening arguments, and usually in a trial it's not called an opening argument. You're not allowed to argue in the opening. It's an opening statement. This is different, and right, I guess yeah. they will be making arguments, so I guess you can call it an opening argument. 24 hours over two days. That's 12 hours a day. 24 hours is a lot of time. And I've seen, I was, I was heartened to see uh, one of my former colleagues, Chuck Rosenberg, say the same thing on television. On what planet do you really need 24 hours to set forth the case against the president of the United States? Instead of complaining that 24 hours is not enough and that by the time you're, you reach the 12th hour on day one, it'll be late at night, do it in three hours. Do it in four. And in fact, I cannot recall any trial that I oversaw where the case and the facts and the witnesses were more complicated and more numerous, where the summation went anywhere close to four trial days, which is what, you know, essentially 24 hours would be. You do it in half a day. At the most, you do it in a little bit more than half a day. You can do it sharply, crisply. Look, we saw Adam Schiff do it. But there's Uh, a huge difference here. And we should just be honest about what that huge difference is, which is that when you gave an opening or closing or I gave an opening or closing, there was something happened that happened between those two things, which were facts and witnesses and evidence that came in. And that, as of right now, does not really exist, right? And so... Yeah, but you still have... But you, you have, have some record. The, the record exists. And the, the record, record is not going to be expanded. But it's not admitted yet. Right, but, but that record is not going to be expanded between now and next week. And so given what the record is, all you can do is argue from the record at the moment. And that record is fairly limited. You have all you have these 12 or 13 witnesses in the House. You have the legal arguments that you make. You have public statements and documents. That, I mean, I guarantee you, you could give a brilliant presentation on behalf of the House managers in oh, the Senate <laughs> for in, in 120 minutes yeah. with I, slides and everything look, else. And people was, would applaud you. My view was generally two hours, right? That like if you got beyond two hours, it had to be a super complicated case and that most cases should be 30 to 60 minutes for openings and closings. That's generally my view. Also, people just don't have the attention span. But here's a difference. This really is, this is going to be questions, they can't control the narrative, right? They're, they can control the questions they're asking, but they're written questions that are going to... But that's later. That's, that's after later, the 24 hours. I'm just talking about, on I these know, 24 hours, I feel very strongly. But let's take it as a package. Yeah. And let's take let's think about what this package is. 
what you and I are used to is a package where you're opening on what is the evidence going to show you. You then have the evidence come in. You have documents, you have witnesses. You then close on, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, here's what we have proven to you during the past four weeks of our trial that we've just been through. This witness told you this. This proves this element of the crime. That's not happening here. What's happening here is 24 hours of quote, arguments, right? Sort of strange. It, it is all a strange construct. And then these sort of weird back and forth of written questions that are going to go to the chief justice and then go to each side to be answered. And so what I think is happening is this idea of, well, and, and let me actually step back one one piece further, which is here's where I have a problem with all of this, which is that the responsibility falls on the house managers to make the case. They bear the burden, and it's not the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. We've talked about this. It's not It's not defined, and the president isn't going to jail or prison. And if anything, that mitigates in favor of, but the president could be removed from office. So let's say even the burden is the burden of re- beyond reasonable doubt. What becomes really important is they need to make their case, and they're making their case not just to the other senators, but also to the American public. And to me, when you, it's your job to prove a case, you got to decide, did you call one week of witnesses or three? You get to marshal the facts and evidence you need to to prove your case. And here, what McConnell has done is, I think you're right about the power play. I think he does have the authority. But it's almost like with Merrick Garland, where you sort of gain the power and then you change the rules so that you win. And we should be really honest here of this isn't about a fair and thorough vetting of this question of whether the president should be removed. This is about how do we cabin the rules of the Senate and the actual House managers in a way that makes sure that none of the facts and evidence come in and that we win. No, I agree with all that. I'm making a limited point, both in terms of what is necessary and also what is compelling. They should get up there. They should do it in four hours. People would applaud and be very impressed. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership for free for two weeks. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work.